Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global/advantage. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Episode 9, and today we're talking about how to develop a clear and confident voice, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business, your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Hey, welcome to today's episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your host here, Samantha Riley, and I'm very excited to welcome back our featured guest for today, Maria Pelicano. Now, I interviewed Maria on the Unlimited Influence podcast, and she was, without a doubt, the most downloaded episode of all time. So I invited her back today and we are going to yet again dive into vocal tonality, but we go even deeper in this episode. She helps us to understand why tonality is so important and how to get the most results from using your voice in the right way way. So there's heaps that we touch on in this episode. If you're a speaker, if you're a coach that's even doing interviews like this, if you're doing Facebook lives, if you're on the phone doing sales calls, so that's pretty much any coach or thought leader or expert who's listening to this, then I thoroughly recommend that you tune in and I'd love you to reach out and let me know what resonated with you the most. Send me an email at sam at samanthariley.global. I love to hear from you, from the listeners, uh, and to hear what it is that you are loving or the takeaways that you're getting from these episodes. But without further ado, let's jump into today's episode with Maria Pelicano. Beautiful. Welcome to the show, Maria. I am so excited to have you on today and chat about vocal tonality and all of the things that are in your genius zone. I'm excited too. I'm very excited. I get to share about something I love. Absolutely. And you were on my last podcast, Unlimited Influence, and you were our most downloaded episode of all time. So it's going to be great to uh, to get to chat to you again and extract even more because I remember last time we chatted you went very well and you still brought it in an amazing way. I had a blocked nose and it was all muffled and couldn't get the sound out but it still came out didn't it? It was great. Absolutely, absolutely and it just shows how passionate you are about your subject. So what are we going to talk about today? Tonality, tell us about that. 
Yeah, tonality. I mean, tonality is, is so much. It's not just about the way you sound, but it's the way you make other people feel. So the interesting thing about voice is that you may have a great sounding voice, but there's something else going on sometimes when people are listening to you. Perhaps they're feeling a feeling that you didn't mean to put out there, but people read into your voice. So often what happens is they listen to you and they find out about you as a person and how transparent you are in what you're saying. As we know, we're getting smarter and smarter about the words we use, but what's more important is where are we coming from and how much are we genuinely loving what we say or believe in what we say or even want to help the other person. There's a real sense of, um, is this person real? Are they in a position of integrity? Should I trust them? Are they an expert? And do they really mean what they're saying? Mm. So that, to me, is also tonality, as well as the cosmetics part of the voice, which I think are important. I mean, you know, we wake up in the morning, we put on our makeup, we do our hair, we put on the right clothes that make us feel good. So that's the same as our voice. We've got to be able to activate our voice in a way that supports our message. And a lot of people haven't got access to that. So they're, they're kind of stuck. Um, they're not aware of it, but some are. Some people are more audio you know, sensitive. Yep. And they'll come to me and they'll go, you know, I don't like the sound of my voice or I think uh, my voice is feeling trapped. They'll say things like that, but not everybody's that way inclined. No. But today I want to talk to you that it's that voice is way more than just the cosmetic sound of it, but also the, um, the emotional um, charge it has and how we engage with others. Mm, I'm fascinated already. I've never heard it said like that. So you mentioned that the people that are auditory pick this up. Do the people that are more sort of visual kinesthetic, is it something that they're tapped into? Do you think that they pick it up on an unconscious level? They do. Just when I, when I work with people that do come to see me who who not not necessarily singers, okay, so they're speakers. And, and generally people that speak, unless they're very sensitive from an audio perspective, so I mean how they hear their voice inside their head, or kinesthetic, how it feels, how their throat feels when they're speaking, when they're under pressure, or perhaps when um, they're having to explain something complicated, or they need to project and they haven't got the projection, you can feel strain in your throat and then if it ends up becoming husky. So those kinesthetic people um, are pretty much going to be accessing, you know, some vocal coaching because they can mm. feel it. And, and, on, and auditory, those that don't like their sound. But visually, you know, those that are visual are very fast moving. Okay. And they, they tend to not think about their voice until it becomes an issue. Somebody may point it out and it doesn't look good. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't match their image. Or you've got this big body with a little squeaky voice. Uh-huh. Or you've got a very deep voice and you're needing to be really bright and exciting. Uh-huh. So that becomes only a concern to a visual person when maybe they're watching back a video and it just doesn't match in a visual perspective. Mm, so there's a disconnect there and automatically our brains are going, there's something not quite right and maybe okay. not even pick up what it is. But just, not congruent. It's not quite right, yeah. Yeah, not congruent, which, which shatters um, the integrity of what you say. Yeah, well, these days when it's so important to have our prospects know, like, and trust us, if, you know, what you're saying is that we could actually unconsciously be having people not trust us yeah. just from using or misusing the tonality or misusing our yeah. voice. Yeah, and the other thing is what we want. We want people to be 
especially in private business, delivering something that you believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you don't get passionate about, if I don't get passionate about this and really keep growing and expanding and going, wow, this is amazing and this is amazing and and look look what's happening here. If I don't get passionate about how am I going to deliver a message to somebody else and get them inspired about what I'm saying. So there's also this level of energy and emotion and spirituality and, 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 you know, there's this depth to what you say and it comes out in your voice tone. Mm. That is what I'm looking for when I'm working with somebody. Beautiful. So before we get into what we're going to talk about, and I've made a ton of notes to ask you and I'm sure that you've got a ton that you want to talk about that's not even here, tell us how did you get to the to the place where you are now and helping thought leaders and experts and, you know, sales teams and trainers work on their tonality. What got you to this place? Well, I've always been interested in human potential. Mm-hmm. And so I always wanted to become a teacher. And at the time, you know, all I knew was high school teaching, primary school teaching. Uh, nonetheless, I didn't go down that path, but I had an interest in singing and playing my guitar and communicating messages through my music as a teenager. So that's what I would do. At the age of 14, I was in shopping centres speaking to management if I could come out there and sing songs. But at the time it was gospel music, so it wasn't about ah. busking. It wasn't about busking, it was about our church. So I grew up as a singer in my church because my dad would in no way have sent me to play in a band as an Italian, you know, first daughter. That would be a nightmare. So Somehow I ended up in a church and it was safe. <laughs> it was safe. So I did four days a week in church for about 12 years, right through 10 years old, addressing audiences. I mean, 100 people, 200 people. So I was comfortable with that. And I used to organise. I was a very strong leader as, as a young girl. I've been the oldest daughter, my parents working, and me looking after my siblings. I had a, a real strong of... Uh, leadership of making things happen. So I used to organise concerts. So I was 14 years old. People used to drive me around. I used to have concerts. So I used to put concerts together and and, and train people on music and and get them so we could do this concert because it wasn't about performing but it was about delivering a message Mm. through our music. Mm. Yeah, because mm, totally. gospel. So at the time, it was about you know preaching the Bible through our songs. So yeah. so it was about delivering a message. So that's been my thread line. And so it wasn't about becoming a star or, or or anything like that. So it was always about not the ego as much as the spirituality. And I, in, I understood that voice was about your purpose to impact people's lives. Mm-hmm. At the time, I did it through music and I'd speak. So I would speak and then I would sing. I'd speak and I would sing. So I did that right through my teenage years to about kept going. I still do. Uh, I haven't stopped doing that. I never want to discharge, discard Sorry, um, my beginnings because I believe that those initial gold pieces that were given to us need to stay present to hold the rest. Oh, I love that you've even touched on that because it's something that I strongly believe in and it's, uh, you know, it's a thread that I usually like to pick up in this show is that a lot of people when they're going into business, if they're, if they're starting in something new, they'll think that they're the new kid on the block. All of these things are the foundation that gets us to where we are and you are so, so right that we need to well, think about all of these things that we learn, all of these experiences, they all, they all weave together to create, you know, the unique person that we are. So I love that you touched on that. It holds it. To me, it holds it. So, so I go, I have friends of mine that run 
community groups and they'll say, can you come and do some singing? And I'll just bring my guitar organically and just do some music and then I talk and I sing and I talk and I sing. And I've done my shows and all that. But where am I going with this now? Because originally your question was, can you how did you, How did you get to where you are right now? Okay, well, the good thing about it is I've been building on what I've already been doing. Yes. And expanding it because, you know, you can get bored. I, I, I did two albums. I, I released 20 new songs. I spent $50,000 on recordings. Wow. Number ones on songs. So I toured, you know, I did all that. Yes. And I went, now what? You know, I got bored. So then I thought I really, and also teaching singing for 20 years and, and, and human behaviour, a lot of, you know, certified twice in coaching and three times NLP certifications and different things and, you know, extended disc profiling and letting go of the donor method. I've just come back from that. Amazing Beautiful. stuff. Yeah. Amazing stuff. And all of these tools is to find the deeper voice inside of me mm-hmm. and shift away all those other things that interfere and become distractions. Mm-hmm. So as I'm working with people as a singing teacher, I used to say, and I keep saying, is what else is here for this person? So having said that year after year after year from back in the middle of the 90s to now and even earlier, mm-hmm. because as I said, I grew up in that church environment where I used to raise, you know, bring people together and we used to do shows. And I sort of think, what is it about this person that can be more expressive and this other person is not? So mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. else is holding this person back? So it was the human behaviour component. So to me it's about voice is not just about making a sound but it's about delivering a purpose so it's deeper. Mm-hmm. And often people, unless, unless you find that why and that real passionate reason, it's hard to actually... Um, get past the confidence that you're required, the passion, the self-sentence, because you think it's you, 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 but it's actually not you. It's the message that's coming through you. So for someone that doesn't know their purpose, how can that show up or how can that dull our tonality? Yeah. So what happens, uh, just come back from Trivago this year, right? Mm -hmm. So I've got to go to Germany for a whole Uh. I know, but how exciting. <laughs> yeah, but it was freezing. I came back, but it was so good. I got to work with singers, not singers, sorry, speakers. But I said, look, if anybody sings, that's great. Let's just do it because it's just going to empower your speaking voice, okay? And if somebody wants to give it a go, now's your opportunity. So I did a big workshop for about three and a half hours where I addressed 150 of their, um, their staff. Mm-hmm. And we did a, an overall workshop and a lot of little exercise. And then I broke up everybody into groups of eight so we did two days of small groups, hour and a half, two hours small groups. Mm-hmm. And in the small groups, we actually assessed each person individually. And in that, I could see what was going on. Look, at this point in my life, after doing voice for 20 years, I can read a book, a person like a book. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking for the voice, the message. And in that, when somebody gives me their voice, I see their vulnerability. I see them as a child. I, they, they're like here I am, this is what I offer. And through that, I can see I can see and hear limitations, belief systems, and also own personal kind of understanding of your own voice and, and where they're needing somebody on the outside going, no, 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 that, that's, that's great. Because often when you hear your voice inside your own head, it's very different when it comes out. Yes. I know that when I first started the podcast, 
what I could hear in my head and what I was hearing as I was editing the first few pieces of audio. Oh my goodness, I didn't even like to hear it. Now I'm so used to it. But at the beginning, it sounded completely different. But that's funny you should mention it because now I think about it, it sounds the same to me. I guess you just get used to it. Or do you think that your yeah. voice changes? Yeah. So at Trivago, it's a call centre. What it's an, uh, it's an actual... Uh, they were doing outbound, outbound there. And so they had leaders, team leaders and staff members. And, and, you know, there'd be a team leader going, yeah, you know, Frederick, you know, I have told you that you're a bit too loud. And so I picked up on that. I go, okay, why is this person wanting to be loud? What is going on? So I'd work on the voice. Yeah. And, and, then, and then I understand that for somebody who's too loud, there is something else going on internally why their voice becomes so loud. And, you know, in a call centre, if somebody's too loud, it really distracts the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. And the soft people are very, like, annoyed. Yes. Unconsciously annoyed by the loud people. Wow. Of course. So they had Greeks and Italians and all the culture came into it too. Yes. Spanish and Portuguese and all those cultures were mixed in on a floor. Uh-huh. And you could hear the voices coming across and their culture and their personality all tied into their vocal tone. So when we're talking about tonality, we're, we're talking about the emotion in the voice. We're talking about the volume, the pitch, the speed of the voice. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the attitude and the behavior of the voice. So when I'm listening to a tone, I'm going, how do we bring this voice into balance? And how do I give the per- a person here some tools around and some advice? Because I'm at that point, I'm paid to give advice. How do we do that in sync with who they are? Yes. And what we to deliver and give them flexibility because if I'm outside kicking a football, I want to be able to project and scream and, and shout. But if I'm in a little cubicle or whatever, I'm in a small space, I need to know how to go soft and still maintain the energy. Now, one of the things that was coming up, there was a misunderstanding that to be energetic and exciting, you had to be loud and forceful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, no, the voice is an acoustic instrument. It's not a powered instrument. You can't push it too far. You cannot, to make your voice exciting, you don't slam it mm. and pump out volume. That doesn't make it exciting. That distorts it. Which makes sense when you say it, but, again, I'd never thought of that. And he said he never thought of that. And yeah. I said, what we can learn to do is make our voice exciting without pushing it and distorting it and creating a sound in the whole workplace that actually annoys others as well as creates damage and huskiness. And over time, this person's going to be tired. By the time they go home, they're going to be very tired. Mm. They may and, need the next day off. And possibly and, lose their voice. Yeah, totally. And that's why there's high absenteeism in call centres because at the moment, you know, I really would like to work in some of those environments and provide vocal education around how to use your voice efficiently and for long period of times mm. without um, creating damage, fatigue and avoidance of wanting to pick up the phone. Totally. Well, I mean, this is a show for thought leaders and experts. Uh, most people in this field are in that coaching consulting space. We're often doing a lot of speaking, whether it's, you know, just pr- presentations or facilitating trainings. We're on calls continually. What are some what are some tips that you can give to us around protecting our voice before we even get into the tonality? What can we do about protecting our voice? Because I'm sure everyone that's listening in has heard Tony Robbins voice recently. I actually cannot listen to his podcast. I find it so straining on my ears. Obviously there's some issues there. It's also influential. 
But what happens, you listen and then you unconsciously copy that sound. So all the people that follow him become that sound. Because oh, there you go. So very sad. I know his um, vocal coaches and the people that I've worked with in the past and unfortunately he's gone really far down. I mean, you can't go into there and repair the vocal cords and create, you know, new vocal cords. They're just probably all calloused and they've got nodules and swelling and probably um, cysts. Who knows what's going on? Mm. But what's happened there with Tony is because he has to use his voice in a very um, high motivational kind of approach he's impacting his voice like this and it's constantly pushing like this so there's not enough balance of air and muscle and so he's forcing it like that and pressing down on it and so over time that creates swelling and he's lost his higher register so you can't hear so like a mixer you've got high lows and Mm -hmm. mediums you know also high medium and low we tweak them to to get a beautiful blend uh, in a room, mm. and it, you get you get all the, the frequencies working well. So does our voice need to be like that? So what you can do, you've got to understand. A lot of consultants are spending time sitting down behind desks, mm-hmm. and then suddenly they have to pick up the phone and sound energetic. Yes, right. Well, energy comes from higher frequencies. A mm-hmm. low frequency cannot sound bright right not unless yes. you brighten up your voice so yes. i recommend some warm-ups like do you want me to show you i'd love you to share okay well a simple lip trill like you pick up the skin around your lips and you go or you could do so i've just gone from chest middle head voice uh-huh. and by the way there are only vibrations so I didn't go up and down with my neck. I just stayed and I'm, I'm always speaking horizontally, straight ahead. I call it the now. I don't go in the past. I don't go up down, to the future. Which is up. With certainty and with, with um, purpose, intention. Yes. And I allow those vibrations to work around me. You know, we let the past and the future influence us in whichever way you want to think about it. But you stay present right here. So, so, so high to low, high to low, high to low. So what about standing up? What, what it, cause I'm coming from a holistic lifestyle background. Energy is, it would, yeah. is, is movement. Uh, so for people that are sitting down taking calls, do you recommend standing up ever? Is that something that comes into our tonality? Standing is great. I totally believe that. I believe that the more of your body you use, more energy you have, right? Yeah. But right now, because I know how to use my voice, oh, you know, all right, I know how to do it. I can actually almost imagine that, even though because I'm using this kind of body up to my hips, I could be in the car doing my warm ups. But a lot of people are crouched over like this, and they they don't have a lot of energy in their body. Yes, they're not aware of the muscles that are required. I just was working with somebody today. They got they got no awareness of how much muscle they need to use because voice is a muscle. It's yes. a muscle. So that's a warm-up, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you need to not just warm up, but you need to strengthen the muscles within the larynx to be active, moving from low to high, moving to low to high. That's why people don't go high enough, men particularly. Yes. Women yes. at least use that middle range. The men are using the bottom range all the time. So they're sitting in base mode most of the time, mm-hmm. unless they're a high tenor. So if they're a high tenor, even as a speaking voice, I can tell if they're a high tenor because they sound, they sound like this. But that can get strainy and they lack the bottom. Mm-hmm. 
So we want the muscles to be able to alternate in a move through and be able to exchange this hand leading to that hand. And then that's got to go on. So that creates that flexibility of vocal range, enabling greater pitch. And that helps your expression and your energy level. Mm-hmm. So if I want to come down here, I can. If I'm, if I'm a hypnotherapist in some way or I'm a therapist, I wouldn't be doing this exciting stuff. But if I'm a motivational speaker, I need to energize my speaking. Yes, yes. So that's a really great way to warm up. What about once we're actually on, like if we warm up before we go on stage to do a presentation, what about once we get on stage? What are some tips around how to keep that energy in our voice through the entire presentation? Because I know one of my worst habits is actually running out of breath at the very end of a sentence and then it goes... (laughs) But I'm very aware of it, but I'm sure there's plenty of other tips and tricks that you can give us. Yeah. So this one is actually also working on the breath component because you have to blow air for it. Mm -hmm. All of them are requiring air, but that one, particularly the lip chalk. But air is is an issue. And what happens is we try to put too many words in a phrase Mm -hmm. In a sentence and and we push it and so every time you get to the end and you're trying to fit the last few words simply because you know samantha you just need to pause mm. a pause is a breath you don't have to go it's not like you're gonna sing this incredible note you just need to pause yeah but we're not comfortable with pauses we think we've got to fill them in with arms and ers and whatever else somebody said to me a pause allows others to hear the words I think it allows you to catch up. And that process, it's the Mm. space. It's the space that allows the words to be heard or processed. Mm. So a space, a pause, a moment, a split second is a breath because our, our breathing is like a vacuum. Air comes into us really honestly. It just comes in if you inhale if you open up correctly. So the problem is that when you're anxious, you're breathing at the top here. Yes. Right? So when I'm a bit anxious, I notice my breath is shifting. So I've got to deliberately aim at filling in the diaphragm. So it's like there's a balloon around your abdominal muscles. The whole rib cage expands as the air goes in. So it's like you're filling up a paper bag. Mm-hmm. There are videos online here that you can have a look that I've got on my website. Uh, if you look at mariapolicano.com, there's some free resources. Mm-hmm. And also um, there's a YouTube channel for Maria Palicano, and I talk about the breathing. But basically you expand like a bag and the ribs move, the air is, is in. So you're aiming at the belly button. So you're, you could even make sure your breath is great, especially when you're a little bit anxious and you know if there's stuff coming up and you've got to, whole workshop to do for three days or one day or there's this three-hour quick talk you do like I'm going to be speaking at the government contact center mm-hmm. summit so I've got half an hour to speak so already mentally my breath's changed even thinking about it and I'm like yeah I gotta go okay calm down check your breathing <sighs> find your peace <sighs> find your purpose if you don't, if you can't find it, lie on your back, put your hand on your belly button and raise your hand with your breath. Mm. So all of this is muscle memory. So when we're, when we're doing voice, um, people do things out of a nervous system's response. So your nerves and your muscles are already programmed a particular way. So just then I had to fill up. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. In a way, I just managed to get that. If I go any further, it would become crazy. But 
I then put the air in. Okay, so people are just programmed and they're creating muscle memory. Even if you spent a week at your desk without breathing properly, you would have to deal with after that reminding yourself how to breathe again because Mm. your body remembers the pattern. Mm. So what happens is... um, They've been sitting down all day, and that's why I say exercise is good too, you know, moving around, doing some exercise. If you want to be really have a good voice, you really need to move your body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You need to drink water. Look, got to drink water. Yeah, always have my water. <laughs> because it increases the volume of your voice and your projection ability. Mm. There's no water in your body. You dehydrate and you can't get volume out, even if you've got great technique. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of being aware. And, and the other thing is just awareness. You know, awareness is the beginning of change. Nice. You talked about the p- people um, tapping into their purpose very first. So tell me what it does tapping into your purpose before you use your voice do? It gives you a reason to make a sound. And it fuels it with emotion. If we're not passionate about what we say, how can your voice work for you? It becomes robotic. It becomes like a script. No, it's not a script. It's, a, it's the voice. It's, it's the calling out. I actually did a great blog this morning and it's all about the voice is vox. It's a calling out. It's, we're here to communicate a purpose, a message. And as thought leaders, hopefully you're communicating something that you've been, you've been living Mm. and that you've been changed with. Mm. So it has to have that first happening to me before I'm trying to ha- let, you know, help others do it. Mm. Or I'm on a journey of change and because of that my voice is calling out a purpose. So it's vox, it's the, it's the vocation, it's the calling. So that's the Latin, you know, meaning of the word voice. It's to call out, it's to pro- proclaim a message. So... So you've got to get that passion going and Mm. then you can either become husky because you're going to force your voice because you don't have technique or um, you're going to run out of breath because you're trying to get it all in and then there's a requirement for technique so then you can carry out that message like a speaker. You become Mm. a speaker. A speaker as electronic speaker, quality speaker. Mm. Mm. Okay, so... If there was someone that was, say someone was doing a webinar and they'd been sitting behind their desk or they were about to, they didn't warm up their voice, they hadn't moved in a couple of hours because they were finishing off their presentation, they were stressed because they're about to do it maybe for the first time, how could all of that, what would that, you know, impact the sales or the call to action at the end of the webinar? Okay, so if you're frustrated internally, feeling disorganized, feeling rushed, you're, you've got, you haven't prepared, like you haven't given yourself enough preparation. So, for example, I jumped off a plane at midnight and I had to be singing. I actually had to sing for a funeral on Wednesday. Within, uh, I had to leave home at 8 o'clock in the morning and I just got into bed at midnight. There was no way, unless I was prepared beforehand, so I prepared myself before, beforehand because I knew I had this rush, right, and I needed my voice to be at ease. Mm-hmm. How am I going to hold a note, Andrea Bocelli, the prayer, hold a very, very rich note full of volume and resonance? If I'm stressed, there's no way. So I've got to maintain my voice, my throat. I've got to maintain ease. Because as soon as I'm stressed, my tongue tightens, 
my jaw locks, my larynx is pulled up and I've got this tightness in my voice, that's tension. My breath is up and then I'm having to speak through this and it's fatiguing and the sound comes out harsh or it becomes really breathy, like I have no control. So it affects, so your emotions, your internal condition affects how you communicate. Now, how does it affect sales? Well, it comes back to feeling at ease, feeling and control. You've just lost ease, control, and variety. So that affects your expression. So for someone that's, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I want Please people do. to really, Please really understand. Love it. Yeah. If someone's never heard your voice before, how can you know, like if, I, if I'd never heard you before and you were stressed, I'm listening to you through a screen. I don't know any, I don't know any of that. So how much is it likely to affect it? Well, two ways. Is down deep, we all know the difference between somebody who is striving and disturbed and somebody who's at ease. Mm. Wouldn't you? Mm. If you listen mm-hmm. carefully... And they're on the phone. You don't even have to look at their face. You can tell if they're stressed mm-hmm. or comfortable or if they're overcomfortable, really relaxed, you know, and I'm really like, give me the answer now. And they're like, yes, okay. History, <laughs> hang on here. I've only got five minutes and you're taking it easy and I'm going fast. You're not matching my temperament. Yes. Right? So we can tell, can't we? I can. Yes. We can tell what's going on, especially when you've hung on the phone for 20 minutes and then you've gotten finally gotten through. And if they're like, oh, yes, hello. And I'm going, I want the answer now. I've got five minutes left as my lunch break. Yes. Right. So, and then on the other hand, when somebody's really nervous, you can tell if they're nervous or they're tense. Mm-hmm. Can hear, right. hear it in the voice. Of course you can. You know, I might not be able to pick up that you've got a sore throat. Well, maybe I could. But the point is, what about the person that's speaking? What about you, Samantha? I mean, if you're having problems with your time and time again, you're feeling tightness, strain, pain, fatigue, huskiness. Do you know you're not going to want to use your voice? Yeah. You want to protect it. You want to go, I'm only going to talk this much and then I'm off. I'm off. I'm going. I'm resting. Yes. And for thought leaders who've got this massive message to share, I can't even begin to... And, and we won't go down this rabbit hole, but then it, it, there's a far greater issue You're there. on all the time. I'm on all the time. I'm on all the time. And even if I'm texting or emailing, my voice is speaking to me in my head. And you know what? We've got that voice going on all the time. Mm. And it could be even an internal voice. But if your throat is sore, I'll tell you what my internal voice is doing. Mm. Hurry up. Mm. Get this conversation over and done with. Yeah. I need a break. I need a break. Yes, absolutely. So that is what would happen if we weren't prepared. And I really did want to dig deep and chat about that for a while so that it really drives home the well, importance. What about if you're sick? And the oh. thing is when your, technique, when your technique is minimal, you can't get through your tough days. But if your technique and understanding of voice is, 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 is efficient or sufficient, then you can cope with your bad days a little yes. bit better. Yes. I mean, you will get bad days. I mean, thank God, and, you know, I'm going to say thank God. Um, I've been able to manage, you know. I've been able to manage so far. And, um, and But I know what fuels my voice is, is emotion and passion, and I have a voice technique that I use. Yes, absolutely. 
So let's look at the flip side of this. There are a lot of us that do webinars or a training. It doesn't matter what it is. We put a lot of time and energy into making sure that we've got our message, that we're on point, we research, we do slide decks. There's a lot that happens behind the scenes, normal scenes, normally hours of tech setup. And then we've got 45 minutes maybe to actually bring it home. And I, and I feel that what you're talking about, that maybe a lot of us, I'll put my hand up and say that I'd never really thought about that 45 minutes being still so on. I'd never really thought about it from the voice perspective as much. So the tips, you gave us some tips about warm up. You talked about being hydrated. Uh, you talked about exercise. They're all things that, that you would suggest that we do in the lead up to a presentation of whatever sort. What else can we think about while we're delivering the presentation? You've got to listen back to your own voice and you're not surprised. Uh, I'm watching my videos all the time. So everywhere I go, I video when I speak and I watch myself. Mm. And it's hard to listen and watch yourself. You know, we're like going, oh, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did I really? Did I really? <laughs> you know, I did a presentation and my husband goes, gee, you know, he was actually watching me because he was filming. He goes, you're funny. And I go, how come people say I'm funny? I'm not trying to be funny. You know? <laughs> um. And he's from the government sort of environment. He's in, he's in uh, works for public service and at an executive level. And, you know, some things aren't colloquial, I suppose, what the word is or um, whatever. But I'm, I've come from private business and I'm just all about just expressing yourself as it is uh, and, and, and transparency and honesty. But when I'm listening back, it's really important. I listen back and I begin to assess that. But you know what? Let's get some advice. I mean, what's... What's the deal? Like, I actually love the sound of your voice, Samantha. Oh, I think thank it's got, you. I think it's got energy in it. And I know you've had a creative background, so it's I was going to say, it probably comes from 20 years of teaching dancing and knowing that I need to be able to get a room full of children to be paying attention when really their mind's on, I'd rather be at McDonald's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. You can tell. You can tell. And, you know, so acting is great, but singing acting, all those creative arts areas where you're having to really use your voice or your body helps you speak better. It's just mm. common sense. Mm. But if you're, you're being quiet all your life and being, you know, not into the arties or uh, no arts and you're going to struggle with expression. We're going to be forceful. Um, so, so does that answer the question? Absolutely. Absolutely. I really, really have enjoyed what we've been talking about today. Now, you did talk about some free resources that people can go to to learn more about this because this is only just the tip of yeah. the iceberg. It is. It is, and it is the tip of the iceberg, and it's, that's the voice part. <laughs> you know, the, what's under the iceberg is the emotions, is the culture, is our mother and our father's voice and our teachers and people that have influenced us, sometimes those people that you really don't want to have anything to do with are still, their tone is inside your body still mm. and it's affecting you without realising until you ask for some help and go, what do you think about my tone? What could I do to improve? You can never get more of your own voice. Mm. So your and voice is just you, like a bank account. Funny you just talk about that because I've been researching a lot of that just this week actually. It's incredible that you've brought it up. So, well, if you're listening in and you would, um, I know that your last episode, Maria, was very popular, but I would love to invite you back and to deep dive into that because I find this 
topic so fascinating and I absolutely love your passion. That tip of the iceberg, where can we go to find out more about the things that we've been talking about today? So I've written a book, as you know, Samantha, Um, it's called The Art of Powerful Communication and in that it's how to speak with influence and power and we do do some technical things in the book and there's video, so it says go to this link. So it's actually a workbook really because it's got questions. Yes. And stories. So you can go to the link, which is my free resources at mariapalicano.com. You can subscribe and keep up to date with some updates that I provide. There's videos on YouTube. Uh, there's SoundCloud files. There's an exercise program you can download. And you can contact me to, to basically have a complimentary session where we can talk about what we could do to improve your voice. And it's, it's education that you can have for the rest of your life. Love it. Maria, it's been so fantastic talking with you today and thanks for sharing all of your wisdom and your learnings and your experience. Much appreciated. Thank you very much and thanks for having me on and allowing me to share this with you. It's been awesome. And who knows, I've got a feeling it's going to happen again. (laughs) Thanks, Maria. You've got to stay in touch. Thank you. Absolutely. to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.